Injured in a car accident? We cap attorney's fees at 30% of the first million. Any recovery above that is all yours. No recovery, no fees or costs. If another lawyer wants more, lawyer up 904. For accidents, injuries, and more, lawyer up 904. Jacksonville. Now, the window world of Northeast Florida, fifth quarter on 1010XL. Presented by Eastern Roofing Company and Dr. George Bari and Bari Orthopedics. Live from Perfect Rack Billiards in Murray Hill. Here are your hosts, Ryan the Hacker Green and Leon Searcy. An all-outlet. They hit him as he lets it go. The ball comes out. The ball comes out and it's picked up. The Jags are running it back. The Jags are running it back. The Jags are going to run it into the end zone. Josh Allen scores a touchdown. Josh Allen is running back for a touchdown for Jacksonville. Frank Frangi on the call, Jaguars Radio, and with that, a very good Sunday morning to you, the fans of the AFC South champion Jacksonville Jaguars. It is the window world of Northeast Florida, fifth quarter. We're brought to you by Eastern Roofing Company and Dr. George Bari and Bari Orthopedics in studio tonight here at 1010XL World Headquarters. Ryan the Hacker Green with you. Leon Searcy not with us tonight, but we do have the head coach, Dave Campo. And Coach Campo, uh, both of us are up way past our bedtime. There is no question about that. But what a game. What an atmosphere. Let me get your thoughts right off the bat of the Jacksonville Jaguars tonight as they win the AFC South. Duval. There is no question <laughs> about that. Look, the co- I mean, three and seven to the AFC South champions. The only other team in the history of the NFL to start 3-7 and seven and to make the playoffs was two years ago, the Washington football team. The Jaguars are the second team in the history of the league to go 3-7 and seven through 10 games and to make, or I guess to win the division, which they ultimately did tonight. Well, let me tell you, this team is a special, and it's been special for a while now. You know, they, they have a tremendous amount of uh, confidence and and uh, they really actually have some swagger about them. You know they don't they don't fold. They don't uh, you know take a knee in the fourth quarter. They they win in the fourth quarter. And I think this team is has got a chance. Uh, you know you know I've always said that they're a year ahead of where they're going to be, and they probably are. But we don't tell them that because they they right now think they can go all the way. And I and I wouldn't be a bit surprised if they don't continue to make a little run. Well, I want to personally thank the Jaguars because the coach and I are with you till 3 a.m., and if we were in here talking about a loss tonight, (laughs) that would have been almost unbearable, but I wasn't going to be able to sleep anyway after a game like that. And look, it was not pretty. This was not a work of art. The offense was bad in the fourth quarter. Their last three offensive drives, they did not get one first down. I give Tennessee credit. The Tennessee Titan defense was shutting down Jacksonville. You have to find a way to win a game like this. And when Rayshon Jenkins came around the corner and hit Josh Dobbs and that ball popped out and Josh Allen picked it up, I said this on Twitter, and I mean it, a big thank you to the National Football League officiating crew that was in Jacksonville tonight. Because five years ago in New England – the whistle blew, the Miles Jack wasn't down scenario. It would have been very easy for the officials to blow the whistle after that ball and call it incomplete. They let it play out, 
and the football gods were smiling on Jacksonville this time. No whistle was blown, and you ultimately see the result. Well, the, you know, the officials, obviously, they're trying to keep the, you know, the game going. And, uh, you know, there are times when they make a mistake. Uh, in that situation, they, they didn't – they held on to the whistle, and uh, that that's, was advantageous for us. What do you say about the defensive performance, particularly in the second half? The offense was doing less than nothing. Three three-and-outs for the Jaguar offense in the fourth quarter. The defense had to win. The special teams had to win. And that's exactly what they did. Logan Cook was a ferocious monster. Four punts, averaging 51 yards, all four inside the 20. And the Jaguar defense, Trayvon Walker, Arden Key, Corey Peters, Josh Allen, you name them. That front seven, brother, they were getting after it in the second half. Yeah, and, and you know what? They've done that for a number of uh, games, uh, Hack, you know, coming out in the second half and playing better. I don't know, you know, whether it's adjustment or whatever, but number one, uh, Derrick Henry only had 38 yards in the second half. And with a close game like that, he could have very easily had another 71 like he did in the first half. But they came out, the front played really well. You've named the guys in stopping the run. Along, you know, the quarterback, the, uh, excuse me, the offensive situation is that when it was absolutely evident the game was being played exactly the way the Titans wanted it to be close in the fourth quarter, when it was evident that we definitely had to throw the football, they were gearing up and going after us. And that's why those three and outs occurred, those three down and distances. The defense, on the other hand, the last five field goal, interception, punt, punt, fumble for TD, downs. Yeah. And that's a pretty good effort. And, you know, you have to win two segments to win, either offense and defense or offense and special teams or defense and special teams. We won the special teams. And in the second half, we won the defense, and that's why we won the football game. You've obviously been a head coach in the National Football League, so your perspective is one of the more unique perspectives that we'll get in this city when I ask you this question. Does Doug Peterson deserve to be coach of the year? Because from my vantage point, seeing what he inherited, seeing where they were in October to where they are tonight, what an unbelievable job. That's the. There's no question he should be the coach of the year. And no doubt in my mind. Now, you know, I think his only the only comparison to him might be Dayball with the Giants, but they were good early, and then they had a little down, and then they ended up finishing it up decent. He's done it with everybody in this country thought that this was just going to be a lost season for the, for the uh, Jaguars. And he got that team uh, headed in the right direction. Uh, they've been tough all year. Only one ball game, the Detroit game's the only game this year where you just look at them and say, hey, they weren't either they weren't ready or the matchups weren't right. It was just a rough game. But uh, there's no question in my mind that Doug Peterson should be the coach of the year. No, absolutely no doubt. And again, this just adds to what we've talked about. Odd things happening to the Jaguars. Baltimore, you go for two in the win, you get it. And you survive Justin Tucker's 67-yard missed field goal on the final play. Dallas, you're down 27-10. to 10. You come back and you win in the fashion they did in overtime. 
You go into Nashville and win a game up there for the first time in nine years. And again, as a Jaguar or a Jacksonville resident and a guy that's followed this team and covered this team their entire existence from 2002 onward, been on sports radio in some capacity, I'm watching that game tonight. They don't win games like this. They just don't. Whether it was Jack Del Rio, even in, in his later tenure, certainly Malarkey and Gus Bradley and Marone and Meyer, when the offense is struggling that way, they had the turnover in the red zone. Trevor missed a wide open Zay Jones. The Jacksonville Jaguars don't recover from things like this. But they did tonight. Again, we have to reprogram ourselves. It is a different organization. Yeah, there's no question that uh, belief is there. And, and you know, that you, there's two things that I don't know how you measure them. Momentum and belief. This team believes, as I've said a number of times, that they can beat anybody on any given day, and they don't fold in the fourth quarter. And that's what gives them an opportunity to, to win these kind of games. You know, you talk about strange things. How about uh, uh, Rayshon Jenkins runs the winning in against the Cowboys on an interception. Uh, Tyson Campbell picks up a fumble, runs it in in the last ball game, and now Josh Allen picks up a fumble and one, one, runs it in to win the game tonight. And hey, look, with all due respect to our brethren in the Tennessee media, with all due respect to Josh Dobbs, with all due respect to all the Titan fans on social media in the last 90 minutes, that was a fumble. It was close. It was close. I won't say it wasn't close. But he had the empty hand coming forward. That was a fumble. I get that you're frustrated. I get that you're angry about it. And it cost you your season. It cost you your division. And if I was in your situation, I might be spouting off the same type thing. But the NFL looks at those things. They have a replay crew in New York that looks at those things. That was a fumble by Josh Dobbs. And it was immediate. So as far as I'm concerned, now I was at the game. So I didn't see it. You know, like you see it on the replays on TV. But they see it, and there, there was no hesitation. So it had to have shown up on that film that he, he had the empty hand coming through, and, and they knocked it. he had knocked it out already. Phone lines are absolutely loaded. We will get to you in just a moment. 641-1010 as the Jacksonville Jaguars go from 3-7 and seven to the AFC South champions, and they will have a home playoff game next week before we get there every week here on the fifth quarter we give you an offensive player of the game that player of the game is brought to you by universal roof denmark let's do it right now the universal roof offensive player of the game universal roof and contracting presents the offensive player of the game universal roof and contracting the difference is universal Coach, there is no doubt it was a rough night tonight for the offense, particularly in the second half, but give some credit to Christian Kirk. Six grabs, 99 yards, including the touchdown from Trevor Lawrence, 25 yards to cut the score to 10-7. For the regular season, Christian Kirk ends his first year as a Jaguar with 84 grabs for 1,108 yards and eight touchdowns. Anybody that was against that signing, you are wrong. He was worth the money. He's an 1,100-yard receiver. He's an eight-touchdown receiver, and he caught 84 passes this year. Kudos to Christian Kirk. Absolutely great year, and uh, if we thought we paid him too much money, 
then we're really in trouble because he just made an extra million tonight <laughs> yeah. with incentives. Yeah. So, it was so a good night for Christian Kirk. It was a good Kirk. night for Christian Kirk. He had a big night to help him win and uh, picked up a little uh, pocket change. We're with you till 3 a.m. Jacksonville. We're glad you're with us. How about this, Coach? It is 137 on the East Coast here on Sunday morning, and we have absolutely loaded phone lines. Hey, I, I don't blame these guys. Let me tell you something. I am more excited. I'll be honest with you. I said this over. I went to the tailgate before the game. I heard you were I, hanging out with the Bold City Brigade ab- earlier. Absolutely. And I was so fired up, and I've never been to a tailgate. You know, when you're coaching, you're not there. But it was so much fun. But the the listen. Th- those people, I, I, I told a bunch of them, I am more excited for the fans. I was in three pro clubs, the Cowboys, the Cleveland Browns, and the Jacksonville Jaguars. And I'm telling you right now, everybody knows the Cowboys won a lot of games. Cleveland and Jacksonville have struggled. Mm-hmm. The fans in both of those cities, Cleveland and Jacksonville, deserve to win. Because they are fantastic. And I, I am excited about the fans even more than the organization. And the environment tonight. Tyson Campbell said it felt like he was in Athens again. Trevor Lawrence said it's one of the best environments he's ever played in. And he's in Death Valley every Saturday night up there at Clemson, running down the, the hill and rubbing the, the rock. So, yeah, it was a great environment and a great win for this city. And it's the first time the Jaguars have swept the Titans since 2005. Think about that. I was there. Yeah, you were. You were, that's right. You were on the defensive staff under Jack Del Rio. No question about it. All right, phone lines are loaded. 641-1010 is the phone number. If you want to get involved, you are more than welcome to do so. Let's kick it off by going to Belvis on the west side. Belvis, how are we doing tonight? Man, you know how I'm doing because I'm going to give you a Molly Hatchet. Hell yeah! <laughs> what a oh, win. Oh, my goodness. Oh, man, I was down there. Uh, it was amazing. It was electric. But, man, I got to say, Hacker, when it got down to 33 minutes, excuse me, three minutes, oh, man, I was just feeling some of the old angst. And, you know, there were people down there. They were like, no, they're still going to do it. They're still going to do it. Now, I've got to be honest. I wasn't sure if it was going to happen. But, man, when they scored that, oh, my gosh, that was <laughs> the most amazing thing. And I'm going to tell you something that got the monkey off our back. You know, I mean, this team has accomplished so many firsts that it's, it's absolutely amazing to watch. It was amazing to be around tonight. The fans, the players, you could see the players because we got these field side seats and they right there at the end zone and they were coming up, and they were just jacked up, and man, it was it was just incredible. And all I got to say is, Duval. Indeed, appreciate the phone call. And that's what's funny, Coach, is the people I was watching the game with. When Josh Allen picks the ball up and runs, they weren't really even celebrating because they're thinking, okay, they're going to review that. Was his arm going forward? And like you said, the review was so quick. And and Dempsey just texted me and. Mike did a great job on the network post game, and he's in agreement. I mean, that was a fumble. I don't care what the Tennessee media was saying. That was a fumble. But you didn't even really get to celebrate it because you thought it was going to be called back. I honestly said to uh, Rick Ballou, uh, that was sitting next to me in the box, I said, 
Was it a fumble? Was it a fumble? Because you really couldn't tell when you were looking at it initially. But there was no question. Uh, and, and there was really no excitement as he was running it in other than in the crowd because I wasn't sure. Let's go to our guy, Junior. How about Junior? Oh, I love Junior. Staying up Junior, till come on, baby. In the morning. Junior in Buffalo, how are you? I feel, I'm feeling great, guys. I'm feeling great. We deserve this win. We deserve it. It, it was amazing. Uh, to feel this, to feel, have that energy. I, I Even Mr. Cersei's video this morning, and I saw his video, got me pumped up because I forgot what Jess Fisher said that Jacksonville was one of the home stadiums for the Titans. That got me pumped up again because I that 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 fire from the from the '99 season just pumped me back up, and to see the fans from Duval County just be there for our team and cheering for them, it, it, I got nervous. I was getting anxious, like the other guy said, at around three minutes. But when I saw that ball come out and, and, and Allen was there to pick it up, I was worried oh, they're going to blow the whistle or they're going to call it back. But they didn't. Oh, was that a such a relief? Was that such a weight off my back? But to take it. A team that's just been telling us how, uh, calling us whatever they wanted to, call us little brothers. We're we're the big brothers now. We run the AFC South. That's what they had to do, and I I'm so happy that they just went up there and punched them right in the face, and they took the title because they deserve it. Let's go on because this now is the new slate for the playoffs. Everybody starts clean, but we gotta just keep going. Let's go, Jags. Junior, awesome. Appreciate the phone call. I'm happy for a guy like that. Look, I'm happy for all Jaguar fans. I think Junior has called into every fifth quarter for the last eight years that we've been doing this through the one and fifteen season, the three and fourteen season, the two and fourteen seasons. You name it, Junior's been with us up in Buffalo, listening. I would imagine online. So, Junior, you are the man. We certainly do appreciate it. And yeah, it does appear to be a changing of the guard in the division. First time you sweep Tennessee, like I said, since two thousand five. And we're not going to spend a lot of time on the Titans tonight. But they got problems, man. I mean, they, they got salary cap issues. Derrick Henry's not going to be getting any younger. Ten, that window of opportunity for Tennessee, I believe, has officially shut. They need to th- start thinking about rebuilding. Well, you know, and that's that's what happens. You know, you you have a, a, a unless you're a, a Bill Belichick that that uh, keeps the, the uh, New England Patriots going. You know, it does change after you start losing players. You you get a few injuries. Uh, things change, you know, and uh, we have a good future. I still feel this football team is a year away. I'd like them to be a year away with a Super Bowl title. That'd be nice. But but I think that their future is bright. Uh, with the other teams in the in the AFC South, I think it's going to be a little bit of a struggle for them. Let's go to my neck of the woods, to Mandarin. Let's get Carson in here on the fifth quarter on 1010XL. Carson, go ahead. Hey guys, uh, thank you for having me on. Part of my voice, I lost my voice at the game, but uh, totally understandable. <laughs> a little over a year ago, my girlfriend uh, at the time, now fiance, and I, uh, we flew up to Nashville and went to the uh, Jaguars at the Titans game, Urban Meyer's last game, and uh, needless to say, we got humbled. It was a uh, just a, a miserable experience. Had nothing. Really, just had no positive takeaways from that game, and I think we ended up leaving in like the third quarter. And uh, you know, fast forward, you know, a year later, and here we are, sucker punching the Titans to go to the playoffs. It just got me so freaking fired up, man. I mean, we're going to the playoffs. Whatever happens, happens. I'm just so proud of the 
I'm just so proud of, you know, like where this team came from and uh, where we're at now. And uh, I'll just take y'all's comments off there. Carson, appreciate it. You know, you're a defensive guy, coach. Mike Caldwell got the business early in the year by the fan base. Got the business, you know, against Detroit when the Lions didn't punt the ball. And I'm not throwing stones in a glass house. I, I had some comments, too. I'm like, what is the defense doing? Clearly, it's his first year as a coordinator. Maybe he learned on the job. Maybe he was getting some on-the-job training. The defense is absolutely better now than they were even a month ago. That front seven is getting after it. I think it's a perfect example of believing in the coach and believing in the system, but it's also was a little bit of a learning curve for uh, Caldwell, to be honest with you. You know, I think once he simplified, uh, you know, after the uh, a couple of rough outings, they've played better. And they're, they're not great, but they're kind of a bend but don't break type of defense. And that we played with defenses like that for a lot of years in Dallas. And as long as you play well inside the 20-yard line and you force field goals, you're going to win a lot of football games, even if you don't shut them down completely. And, and that's what they're doing right now. They're not giving up a lot of points. You know, you can say that this was a, uh, not a great uh, offensive football team they played tonight, but anytime you just give up 16 points in the last two games prior to this one, they haven't given up any points, really. Uh, the defense is playing better. Hey, Denmark, because we're talking defense every week here on the fifth quarter, we do give you a defensive player of the game. That player of the game is brought to you by our friends at Superior Fence and Rail. Let's do it right now. The Superior Fence and Rail defensive player of the game. Jacksonville's building a fence along the goal line. This is the Superior Fence and Rail defensive player of the game. Superior Fence and Rail, where quality matters. The guy has struggled this year at times. I think he would even admit it as such. In the last month, though, we're starting to see what we hoped we would see from number 41, Josh Allen. And there are a lot of guys you could give honorable mentions to tonight. There are a lot of guys that had great defensive performances. But Josh Allen tonight, six tackles, four of them solo, a tackle for loss, a fumble recovery, and a return to the house last night, or yeah, I guess it was last night now, <laughs> oh, since it's Sunday morning, to give the Jaguars the win. Josh Allen played great tonight, and he also put a lot of pressure on Dobbs. I want to say it was Josh Allen that forced the fumble at the end of the game. The Titans recovered on the final drive. As of right now, ESPN has not given him credit for that sack yet, and I'll have to go back and look, but I thought it was Allen that forced the sack, which means they would ESPN and the NFL would ultimately give him credit for a sack. But nevertheless, Josh Allen is our defensive player of the game, and he played marvelous. Yeah, and uh, he's playing better and better, you know, towards the end of the season here, and as a lot of guys are. You know, uh, he was, and he was a big part of the pressure that was put on the quarterback even when without the sacks. You know, we did put some pressure on him uh, in, in that second half, and he, I believe they got – I, I believe we hit the quarterback 13 times. He only threw the ball 29. Yeah. So that's a pretty good day's work. I think our pass rush has improved, and I think Josh Allen's a big part of that. We're with you till 3 a.m., Jacksonville, so a little over an hour from now. If you're on the line, we will get to you. Let's get to Tyler right now. He's been on hold forever over in Orange Park, and he's with us here on 1010XL. Tyler, home? go ahead. Hey, Hacker, how you doing? Hey, Campo. Hey, listen, man, Trevor played a decent game. 
We'll come in there and um, we'll play the average and go Jags, AFC South champs, and uh, check this out. It's been a long time, long time coming, and uh, Hacker's taking one. So let's do it. All right, Tyler, appreciate it. Hey, um, yeah, look, it has been a long time coming. It's been five years since the Jaguars were in the playoffs. It's been one playoff home game in the last 22 years before next week. Next week will be the second home playoff game the Jaguars have had in the last 22 years. Albert, Adam, John, all you guys, hang in there. You'll be up on the other side with Dave Campo. I'm the hacker, Ryan Green. This is the window world of Northeast Florida, fifth quarter. We are brought to you by Eastern Roofing Company and Dr. George Bari and Bari Orthopedics, the Jacksonville Jaguars, a 20-16 to winner tonight over the Tennessee Titans, and your Jaguars are AFC South Division champions, and they will host a wild-card playoff game next week down at TIAA Bank Field. Putting an extra 60 minutes on the clock. The window world of Northeast Florida, fifth quarter. Live from Perfect Rack Billiards in Murray Hill. Presented by Eastern Roofing Company and Dr. George Bari and Bari Orthopedics on 1010XL. This division can be ours, but one team stands in our way. I hate the Titans. Shoot, we all remember 99. At some point, you get sick and tired of getting punched in the mouth. Lost the football. Ingram holds it. It's our time to take back the AFC South and knock the king off his throne. Tonight, we show the world who we are. So get on your feet. Because it's prime time, baby, in That was on the official Jaguar Twitter handle earlier today. By the way, everybody associated in the Jaguar digital department, um, you know, PCAV and the boys over there, incredible, incredible job. Jaguars.com, those videos that they've been putting out all week, teasing the teal paint on the field, teasing the towels with Andrew Wingard, the Leon piece they did on the Jaguar Twitter uh, handle earlier today, just Jaguars.com in the digital department over there has been on it this week. And our guy, Leon, you'll get him on XL primetime on Monday as the Jaguars beat the Tennessee Titans 20 to 16. And it appears coach, um, barring something unforeseen that it's probably the chargers next week. And we'll get more into this later on. Phone lines are open and loaded and we'll get to all these calls. But it does appear Justin Herbert versus Trevor Lawrence. Whew. That'll be something. Um, I would anticipate, just because you got the New York market, you got Tom Brady, you got varying factors. I would think Jacksonville's a Saturday game next week. I don't know that, but that would be my assumption, which might actually be good for Jacksonville because the Chargers have to play tomorrow, and then they would have to fly across the country on Friday. So that's not exactly a long time for the Chargers to prepare if indeed it is the Chargers coming here. Yeah, you know, I listen, we're playing with house money now, and we're playing at home. 
So I like our chances, whether it's Baltimore or the Chargers. Those are the only two teams that can be, Baltimore or the Chargers. Right, and uh, it is a a definite disadvantage traveling across the country, although we did it to them. But, uh, you know, coming here with a a one-day less, it's okay. We did it this week, but it was a home game. Yeah. You're going across the country, that's a different story, so – you know, I, I I feel good about this football team. They just have a way about them. You said it. It might be a team of destiny. You don't know. Just a lot of odd things have happened. There is no doubt about that. He is the head coach, Dave Campo. I'm the hacker, Ryan Green. Dylan Denmark is your producer. We're with you till 3 a.m. as we celebrate an AFC South championship with you, the diehard fans of the Jacksonville Jaguars. To Orange Park we go here on 1010XL. Let's get John in here. On the fifth quarter. John, go ahead. What is going on, guys? Man, I got one thing to say. The defense saved Trevor Lawrence today. Trevor Lawrence played a very bad game. Trevor Lawrence sailed one clear over Zay Jones' head. Trevor Lawrence got saved by an incredible defense today. He got saved by the turnover differential. He had the terrible pass to, uh, to what was it, Jamal Agnew? I mean, yeah, Jamal Agnew should have caught it, but still, you should give him a good pass. He should have kept it under control. It was a bad game by Trevor Lawrence, but he got saved by the defense. It don't matter. Let the Chargers come to town. Let the Ravens come to town. Let Herbie, let Huntley, let Jackson come to town. It don't matter. We smoke it on the Chargers pack. We smoke it on the Ravens pack. It don't matter. Let them come to town. We are the AFC South champs. We are hosting this game. Let, let them lose. Hey, let's run this town. Let's go, baby. John is fired up. And with good reason. Let me ask you, Coach, about Trevor Lawrence. He did not play well today. He had played dynamic coming into this game. Trevor Lawrence stats officially today, 20 of 32, not terrible. 212 yards, one touchdown, no interceptions, but he did miss Zay Jones on a wide-open touchdown. He had the fumble where he tried to pitch it to Agnew, which I don't know why on earth he tried to get cute in that scenario, but that's a topic for another another time. But your assessment on Trevor, and do you think nerves played a factor? Well, I think the last two ball games have not been his best. I think, uh, you know, some of it is the fact that, you know, they're big ball games. And, uh, you know, that's, that's a learning experience as well. Even though he's been in college big games, these games are a little bit more uh, important, uh, you know, from a from – a, a, financial standpoint and all kinds of different things a lot of pressure on guys and I think that might be part of it that's what I think is happening because it's not that he's not hitting percentage passes he's just making some bad throws uh, you know that are sailing on him and when that happens to me it's because he's he's a little bit too fired up and and uh you know the poise he's losing a little bit of his poise to that point officially there's still a lot of non-playoff experience because the playoffs begin officially next week. The Jaguars now have playoff experience, right? This Absolutely. was a playoff game. Well, they've been they've all been playoff games here for a while, but yeah. when it's when it's one and done, that's that's you know you hope he learns from that today. You know he didn't play well. One and done, we got it. We won. Now uh, he should be better next week. Let's head up to the state of Illinois. Let's get Adam in here. Uh, actually, Adam just dropped. Let's go to Alabama. Let's get Albert in here on 1010XL. Albert, go ahead. 
Hey, thank you guys for taking my call, man. I'm still pumped up over that Leon Thursday promo, man. <laughs> Would never forget 1999, and I'm so happy the Titans, for 57 of those minutes, were feeling good, feeling fine. But like you said, man, we are the team of destiny. This is 96 all over. I feel like it's a little bit better. But still, we are the team of destiny. We are going to win. And I'm so glad that you talked about that earlier. And, um, you know, uh, whoever we play next week, um, probably the Chargers. A lot of Chargers fans are crying about how many injuries they had when we beat them. And that's why we won. But they don't realize that we're also a different team than we were at that same, that week. We're a much better team. And I believe you guys would agree. But just want to say thank you guys so much for doing what you do. Coach, Brian, Leon, you guys um, made this win really important because um, I last year I lost my brother. And I know he would have been, uh, because we've been lifelong Jaguars fans, and I know he would have enjoyed this too, uh, a lot. And rest in peace to Uche Nawiri, who we also lost. But thank you guys so much. Thank the coaches and the players because this win meant a lot. It meant a lot in a lot of different ways to a lot of different people. And Albert, right on, brother. That is uh, an amazing call. And we certainly uh, thank you for sharing that with us. And, and look, football brings a lot of people together. You saw that nationally, right, with DeMar Hamlin and, and – what an amazing story that's turning out to be is that young man actually put something on Instagram today. Uh, the breathing tube is removed. He's talking on his own. I mean, that's if that's not a miracle, I, I don't know what is. But a, a call like that, and again, we certainly appreciate you sharing that with us. And football can can do that sort of thing to you, Coach. There's no doubt about it. And, you know, and uh, what he said about, you know, going forward here, you know, th when you win – as many games in a row as we have, and we've done what we've done over the last seven ball games. There's not a lot of teams that want to see the Jaguars in the playoffs. No, I wouldn't think the Chargers or the Ravens would be particularly enthusiastic about coming here because there's something special about a team that does that and and has done what they've done from three and seven to the way they are right now. And you could say whatever you want, but that. That mentality, that belief, that confidence is can cost teams ball games. Denmark, every week here on the fifth quarter, we do give you a special teams player of the game. That special teams player of the game is brought to you by the McKeever Clinic. Let's do it right now. The McKeever Clinic special teams player of the game. Now, the special teams player of the game. Brought to you by the urological specialist of McKeever Clinic. You don't talk about these guys a lot unless they do something really good or really bad. And thankfully for the Jaguars, this guy has done things really good almost the entire year. Logan Cook was a factor in this game tonight. The Jaguar punter punted the ball four times, averaged 51 yards per punt, and every punt he had pin the Tennessee Titans inside their own 20-yard line. Logan Cook is as big a factor in this game and this outcome as anybody on that team. You know, there were a lot of times during the course of the year where we, we said that the best player on the Jaguar football team was Logan Cook. Now, I think some guys have 
come along, and, and and there's some pretty good players on this team that I don't I don't think that we gave total credit to early in the year, but field position in a game like today is huge, mm-hmm. and you know I don't care who you are, what team you are, to drive the ball from the ten yard line to a touchdown is that's the odds are so small because of the chance of making a mistake, something happening. Uh, plus, for some reason, turnovers occur when you get overly aggressive when you're backed up. And so teams are more conservative down there. So you got a chance to get some stops, and we were able to do that tonight because of being having them penned up, penned back at the, inside the tent. Let's go to the state of Alabama. Here on the fifth quarter on 1010XL, let's get Jonathan in. Jonathan, how we doing? How about them Jags? Duval! Jonathan, you're up late on a Saturday night, my man. Offense didn't play that great. Trevor's got to get a lot better. And I don't know what was going on with him pitching the ball. I mean, that's the topic for another day. Yeah, it was a terrible play call. That's what was going on. Defense, um struggled early on but in the second half they completely shut down in my opinion they shut down uh Tennessee's offense and I'm glad we swept the Titans because I that is one team as Leon said I cannot stand as long and I can't stand the Patriots either Jonathan appreciate the phone call and thank you for sharing with us all the teams you cannot stand um (laughs) I don't know if you know this about me, Coach. I've been accused of being negative on social media. No. Every once in a while. Um, that was a terrible play call, right? I mean, the, the the turnover in the red zone, and I get it. The overhead shot, if Agnew gets the ball, they got a line of blockers over there, and that's all fine and well. <laughs> what are you doing calling a play like that when you're moving the ball at will on the Titans' defense? I, I, I could not believe they did that. I don't know how to answer that. I, you know, when a when a trick play works, it works. When it doesn't work, it's a bad call. Oh, I it was Listen, a I, call. as a coach, that's what you get. If if you win, that was a great play. If you lose, hey, listen, the Philly special. If it didn't work, you <laughs> <laughs> would have gotten run out of Philly a year earlier. What I what I what I thought was interesting. <laughs> I think it was Aikman on the broadcast, and this is like a little something you didn't think of. Lawrence is six six. Agnew is like 5'11", and Lawrence is trying to pitch the ball to a guy who's seven inches shorter than him. Now, that in itself, I could understand that part of it. There's no question about that. And and, and look, I love the win. AFC South champions gave Tennessee the beating. It's a great night. That can't happen next week. No. When Zay Jones is open in the end zone against the Chargers next week, you got to hit that. And if you're going to run a trick play, you can't fumble in the red zone. Uh, the Jaguar rushing attack cannot have 14 carries for 19 yards. We're celebrating and we're in the euphoria of a win. We're going to turn our attention to the Chargers pretty quick here. I mean, they, we are in the postseason. Let's see if we can do a little something with this. The offense has to play better next week. No question. I think to win in the playoffs, you know, the team has to be running on all cylinders. And, and again, you know, every game's different. Matchups are different. How the game's played. Uh, you know, they were so conservative tonight that there wasn't going to be a lot of points scored, and uh, we didn't play our best on offense. Uh, that's 
a little bit of a credit to their defense, but uh, you know, Trevor missed a couple open balls, and that that's happened two games in a row. You know, he missed he missed a couple early in the game last week, and th- these could have been really critical because it was a tight ball game. It is ten minutes past two o'clock on the East Coast of the United States, and phone lines are loaded here on the fifth quarter. Des, Gary, Austin, John, all you guys hang in there. I promise you'll be up. On the other side, with the head coach, Dave Campo, I'm the hacker, Ryan Green. It is the window world of Northeast Florida fifth quarter. We are brought to you by Eastern Roofing Company and Dr. George Bari and Bari Orthopedics as the Jaguars defeat the Tennessee Titans tonight 20-16 to to win their fourth division title in franchise history. The window world of Northeast Florida, fifth quarter. Live from Perfect Rack Billiards in Murray Hill. Presented by Eastern Roofing Company and Dr. George Bari and Bari Orthopedics on 1010XL. Play fake, rolling to the right. Trevor looks, wants to throw it back to the left side. Fires toward the corner of the end zone. Caught for the touchdown, Christian Kirk. Frank Frangie on the call, Jaguars Radio, Trevor Lawrence. To Christian Kirk, that cut the Titans' lead to 10-7. And ultimately, the Jaguars would go on to a 20-16 win. Every week here on the fifth quarter, we do give you a drive of the game. The drive of the game is brought to you by Tire Outlet. Denmark, let's do it now. The Tire Outlet drive of the game. Now, the Tire Outlet drive of the game. Tire Outlet, wholesale prices, premium service. Dave Campo, the Jaguars went six plays, 50 yards, capped off by Lawrence, 25 yards to Christian Kirk for the score. Why did they only have to go 50 yards? Because Jamal Agnew had a 54-yard kickoff return. Again, you talk about little things this season. The Shaq Quarterman hit on Derrick Henry in the first Titan game. Evan Ingram getting out of bounds against Dallas. And then tonight, Jamal Agnew, 10-0. Stadium's up in arms. What's going on? The Titans are winning by two possessions. He returns it all the way to midfield. Less than three minutes later, the Jaguars are in the end zone. Was a huge part of the game. Well, you know, short fields, uh, you know, that's that's uh, one of the key things for an offense, putting the ball in the end zone. As we said earlier, going from the 10-yard line, 90 yards, is not very advantageous for the offense, but when you got a short field, whether it's for 50 in or the you know even shorter than that, off an interception or whatever, you know that's the way to get it done. And let me say something about Agnew: if he was six inches taller, that that <laughs> pitch yeah. it would have gone for a touchdown itself yeah. because it was wide open on the other side. If he was so. Shaquille O'Neal or Will <laughs> Chamberlain, that thing might end up in the end zone. But I'll tell you what: uh, Agnew's a good player. I, I've got to give the guy credit. He, he's he's fast. He's he he's got good eyes. He he's a really good returner, and uh, you know he he you win the special teams. You got a, a, a that's an added opportunity to win a game. That is the head coach Dave Campo. I'm the hacker Ryan Green. We're with you for about another uh, 35 to 40 minutes, Jacksonville. If you're on the phone lines, we'll get to you right now. If not, there will be room at six four one ten ten. Let's go to my neck of the woods to Mandarin. Let's get Austin in here on 1010XL. Austin, go ahead. Hacker, I sure miss you on prime time, my guy. Well, thanks, Austin. I miss you as well, buddy. 
I I sure do. And and, and Coach Tampa, you're you're the best. So I I just want to shout out. You know, I want to give it real real quick. I just want to give a good Duval. Yeah, indeed. And 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 I had to do that. So so a quick Duval. And and you guys brought it up earlier. And you know, you brought it up when I first called. You didn't bring it up yet, but Logan Cook, I mean, the guy was just out of this world, man. What what better punter can we ask for than this guy? He's he's unbelievable. Austin, appreciate the phone call. He's probably the best punter in football, and he won't get recognized as such because he plays in Jacksonville, and we've had that conversation time and time again. But if he's in New York or Chicago or L.A., He's probably going to the Pro Bowl every year. I agree with you 100%. When I saw the Pro Bowl designations come out, I was a little shocked that he wasn't on it. Now, I don't see all the punters in the country, you know, in the, in the whole league. But this guy is uh, fabulous. He's a very, very good punter. Let's head out to the beaches. Let's get Gary in here on the fifth quarter on 1010XL. Gary, what do you got? Good evening, fellas. What's going on, man? Gary, uh, how are you, man? Man, I'm, you know, I'm I'm elated. I'm kind of disappointed, but I'm elated. Um, first of all, I want to thank you guys. Guys, y'all are up till 2 in the morning. Happy New Year's to you and uh, Leon and Coach, man. I appreciate it. I love the show. Thanks, buddy. Uh, let's, let's just get right to it, man. Uh, <clears throat> I've been going to this stadium since 95 and it was good to see the crowd man it was the most electric game that i've been to i guess since uh i don't know maybe the playoffs back in 99 i mean this was electric to where there was no other fans except our fans in that stadium i didn't see a not i may be seeing like maybe four or five other titans that were sitting kind of around us but it was uh it was electric man um uh, the offense, that's two, three games, two games in a row that didn't really. But let's just get off Trevor's back a little bit, man. He brought us here, man. The dude the dude stepped up when he needed to. He, We wouldn't be here if it wasn't for him. Uh, uh, just heads up to the coaches again, man. I keep telling, man, Dougie P, man, I think we got something going. We wouldn't win this game without those damn coaches either, man. Uh just heads up to everybody on that damn staff, man. We we should have folded and we didn't. Uh, offense needs to step up a little bit better. Trevor, man, he's missing some throws. But I'm, I'm sticking next to my guy, man. Gary, appreciate the phone call. Yeah, look, I mean, I, I'm not going to critique Trevor Lawrence all that much because you're right. I mean, the guy's got four, now 15 touchdowns and two interceptions in the last, what, seven weeks. It's hard to critique a guy like that. Having said that, if you want to make any noise in the playoffs, you played Josh Dobbs tonight. That's why you won. If that's Justin Herbert and the Chargers, and you have three three and outs in the fourth quarter on offense, the defense isn't stopping Justin Herbert and the Chargers as much as they stop Josh Dobbs and the Titans. I love the win. It was awesome. You, you stuck it to your rival, and that's great. But if it is the Chargers coming in here, Trevor and the offense have to perform better, Coach. That's the bottom line. Yeah, they're going to have to play better next week. There's no question about it. Uh, and and really in the playoffs, you, 
it doesn't matter who comes in. They're all the best teams in the, in the league. And so you've got to the, – the speed of the game increases the farther you go. And it's just more exciting, and, and our offense has to start performing better. And hopefully we get that complimentary football going, and we might make a little run. Six four one ten ten is the phone number. A couple of phone lines are open to you. Again, Coach and I are with you for about another 30 minutes. Let's head to the beaches. Let's get John in here on the fifth quarter on 1010XL. John, go ahead. I got to just, I'm still so pumped up. My son Ryan and I and my brother Matt and my daughter Reagan and her boyfriend Josh, we, we got all pumped up. We left early to go tailgate around 4 o'clock, stopped at the kangaroo little tent there off of San Pablo and Butler. And who do we run into? Christian Kirk, pumping gas. We said, "Hey, Christian, can we get a can we get a uh, picture with you? Just as friendly as could be." It was just good vibes from the very start today, and to see him make that first touchdown, awesome. That's all I got to say. Sean, appreciate it. Christian Kirk was at the Little Champ pumping wow. gas. Wow. wow, about that? That's not yeah. something you would you would expect. Um, Christian Kirk and Zay Jones. How about this stat? Got this from Mia O'Brien. 80-plus catches for both Kirk and Jones. Hasn't been done in Jaguar history. Two wide receivers, 80-plus catches since 2001. The guys that did it back then were named Keenan McCardell and Jimmy Smith. Goes to show you, man, this team. I mean, look, it's okay to admit you were wrong. I did a whole thing on Hacker After Dark about admitting about Trent Baalke and how I was wrong and how fans need to admit they were wrong. And you still need to admit you were wrong because Baalke did a heck of a job. And among that job was bringing in Kirk and Zay Jones, and you add Evan Ingram to that. 80, 80, and I believe 73 is the number. I mean, you're talking, what is that, 230 catches that those three guys have had for something like 2,700 yards, and I believe 17 touchdowns. Just insane numbers by those three guys. Absolutely. I, I You know, when the receiver core was improved, immensely from a year ago, but also uh, the gentleman that said that uh, Trevor Lawrence was the reason that we're here right now is part of that as well. So I I think they all go hand in hand. And and I think that they, again, when they add Ridley next year, hopefully uh, that's going to be a big deal. And uh, I think this quarterback makes everybody better, especially when he's on. And, you know, I think he'll be on, and he's going to be on for a long time here. Why did the running game not do anything tonight? You know, they're strong up front. I, You know, again, you know, you have to win the, the trenches, and I don't think we won on the offensive side tonight. You know, I, even from the pass standpoint, there was some pressure on Trevor tonight, and he had to scramble out too many times. And so – you have to give credit to the Titans front. You know, they had, uh, I believe, three guys in that front that all had over five sacks. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't like, and they're big guys, you know, and, they, and they, they're they one of the top teams in the league against the run. So I think they proved tonight that they're a formidable front four, and uh we had trouble with them. That's all there is to it. I think it was Dempsey on the network post game. Might have been JP, but I think it was Dempsey. Um, and I thought he made a great point. If Tennessee could draw up a perfect scenario for a game, this was the perfect scenario for the Tennessee Titans. They come in with extra rest. They get all their guys back from injury. 
Derrick Henry's healthy. Jeffrey Simmons is healthy. They're all 100%. They have a 10-minute drive to keep Trevor off the field. They're up at the half. They're up in the fourth quarter. They're dictating the game. This would have been the scenario the Titans would have drawn up. And still, Coach, for Jacksonville to find a way to win, again, is a testament to the Jaguars. Absolutely. And and it was funny because I had mentioned to uh, Mia O'Brien, who was sitting on the other side of me in the press box, I, I made the statement, I don't know what time it was in the game, but it was late. And I said, you know, uh, going into this game, I would have said if we let the Titans hang around for very long, we got a chance to lose this game. And then I said, but the Titans are saying that right now. They're letting us hang around yeah. too long. We might win it at the end. And then, you know, a minute later or whatever, we run the, the ball in on the fumble. And so, you know, we didn't play our best game. And they led the whole ball game, and that's exactly what they wanted to be. If we'd have t- if you'd have told them it was going to be sixteen to thirteen, with four minutes left in the game, they would have taken it. They would have started and gone right from there. They would have and, said, "Where do I sign?" Absolutely, and it worked out in our favor because our defense turned another one over. Six four one ten ten. Let's go to the north side. Let's get Dez in here on the fifth quarter. On 1010XL. Dez, what do you got? Dez, are you there? Dez going once. Dez going twice. Sold. Dez is gone. Back to the north side. Let's get Jay in here on 1010XL. Jay, what's going on? Oh, yes. The defense played a very, very great game. You know, they they only ended up with four sacks. They could end ended up with more sacks, though. But it is what it is. But Trevor Lawrence, though. He is the truth, even though he missed a lot of throws, you know what I'm saying, that he should have um, made. But that this was his, actually, this was his very first playoff game in the NFL. You got to remember, he played against um, um, Joe Burrows in the National Championship game, and he, they almost won that game. So this was his, actually, first NFL playoff game. Jay, appreciate the phone call. Yeah, that was one of the talking points. I had coming in. Guys like Trevor Lawrence, Travis Etienne, Trayvon Walker last year, all those guys played for national championships in college. And, Coach, you have a perspective on this. You were head coach at Dallas in the NFL, but you also spent many years on the college sideline. I would still think big college games are just not big NFL games. No, it's different. And and to be honest with you, it it, kind of brings me back to – you know, with the Cowboys, when we went to the playoffs for the first time, and, uh, you know, it, it's just, it's different, you know. And, and this was a great dress rehearsal because this game forced us to do whatever it takes to win the football game, and that's what you have to do in the playoffs. Everybody's pretty equal when you get there, and, and that's, that's a big part of it. Let me ask you this, and it's interesting because I think it was Press Taylor who was asked about this, the Jaguar offensive coordinator, because it's such a quick turnaround of the postseason, and the Jaguars just now officially figured out they're in as of three hours ago. Does your scouting department, does anybody at least start looking at the Chargers or the Ravens before tonight? Because it's now, I mean, you're less than seven days away from a playoff game, has there been anything done on those teams prep-wise to get 
to the coaches immediately? Ab- absolutely. Uh, when you get down to this point, and and it might have been a little different because they had one day less to to get to this game. But back in our day, the coaches broke down two teams or three teams. There were situations where, you know, back in the day where any we could have ended up playing any of three teams mm-hmm. in the playoffs, and we broke them down as coaches. You know, my responsibility as a, as a, uh, a secondary coach, for example, was, you know, the passing game, you know, and taking every single pass off the films. And we did that as well as the scouts working on them. Uh, that's been done already. They have – they have the stuff on paper right now for both the Chargers and the Baltimore Ravens. And I guess the benefit is, and, and it's going to work the same way for the team you play, it'll be a rematch. Yes. You've already seen these guys once right. this year, and the Jaguars beat both of them. So right. whoever the Jaguars play next week, the Jaguars will be looking to beat them again. Obviously, that's tough to do. They just did it to Tennessee tonight. You wiped the floor with the Chargers in week three. You had that unbelievable win against Baltimore, what, six weeks ago that really started this whole thing. So whoever the Jaguars play next week, that team's going to be looking for a little bit of revenge. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, the other funny thing about that question you asked me is invariably the team that we thought we were going to play, we did not play. We played the other, the the other guys. And that could happen again. You know, you said if Baltimore wins and the Chargers lose, we get Baltimore. Well, that may not happen. But it may happen. Yeah. You don't I, know. I think in a perfect scenario tomorrow, and I don't expect Baltimore to win, So, but in a perfect scenario, Baltimore beats Cincinnati. So that way the Chargers, if they want the five seed, which I assume they do, would have to play their guys right. tomorrow. Right. If Baltimore loses, they can rest. the Chargers, I think at that point, are locked into the five, and then you can do whatever you want. But right. if they want the five – they would have to play legitimate to beat Denver if Baltimore wins earlier in the day. Let's go to the south side. Let's get Steve in here on the fifth quarter on 1010XL. Steve, go ahead. Indeed. Man, your voice voice is going just like all of us. Listen, man, I can barely even talk. (laughs) (laughs) Listen. We, me and my friends walked into the stadium. This is how I knew we was going to win the game. We was looking for Tennessee Titan fans to walk up to and talk a little mess. <laughs> but we really couldn't see no Tennessee Titan fans. When I tell you we show, I, I want to give a shout-out to everybody in Jacksonville, Florida. Regardless of what they say about our city, when our city comes together, we cannot be the we showed up today as a family, and we scared, and we let them know you in the bangle, and you not coming to our city to get nothing. You gonna leave with a loss. I'm leaving with that and another do ball. Y'all have a good night. Appreciate it, Steve. Love it. That guy's voice needs to Absolutely. rest. Absolutely, that's beautiful. And one thing I do want to talk about on the other side, we're also gonna give you a play of the game, and I bet that's not gonna be hard to figure out what the play of the game is gonna be. There was so much excitement in this city. Prime time, the Tennessee Titans, the the arch rival of the Jaguars. Can we foster that energy again seven days from now? Absolutely. Can, can you get back there for the fan base to do the same thing next week 
or on Sunday, Saturday or Sunday, if it's the Chargers or the Ravens, can that happen again? I think so, and 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 a lot of it is is us in the media. I, I think we got to push it, just like Baselli came out and said, "Get your butts in the seats. We need you. If you want to see your team in the playoffs, get out there." And they did. Well, if you want to see this team uh, do something special, you need to get out there and do the same exact thing again because it does matter. He is the head coach, Dave Campo. I'm the hacker, Ryan Green. We'll start making the turn for home 2.37 in the morning. We're still here with you about another 15 or 20 minutes on the fifth quarter. The window world of Northeast Florida fifth quarter. As always, we're brought to you by Eastern Roofing Company and Dr. George Bari and Bari Orthopedics. we got time for one or two more calls. If you want to get in, you are more than welcome to do so. The Jaguars are AFC South champions. The Jaguars are on their way to the playoffs And it is a great night here in the city of Jacksonville. Bringing you an extra quarter of football. The window world of Northeast Florida, fifth quarter. Live from Perfect Rack Billiards in Murray Hill. Presented by Eastern Roofing Company and Dr. George Bari and Bari Orthopedics on 1010XL. An all-out blitz. They hit him as he lets it go. The ball comes out. The ball comes out and it's picked up. The Jags are running it back. The Jags are running it back. The Jags are going to run it into the end zone. Josh Allen scores a touchdown. Josh Allen is running back for a touchdown for Jacksonville. Frank Frangie on the call. Jaguars radio. That's what it sounded like about three and a half hours ago. Is that would ultimately prove to be the difference in the Jaguars winning the AFC South. Chris and Samantha, you'll be our final Two callers of the night. Final segment here on the fifth quarter with the head coach, Dave Campo. I'm the hacker, Ryan Green. Every week here on the fifth quarter, we do give you a play of the game. That play of the game is brought to you by Performance Painting. Denmark, let's do it now. The Performance Painting play of the game. Now the Performance Painting high performance play of the game. Performance Painting. Prepare, protect, preserve. Coach, it is the Josh Allen return for touchdown. And, uh, boy, this defense, you want to talk about really bringing it. Rayshon Jenkins, interception return for touchdown to beat Dallas in overtime. Josh Allen today. I mean, what can you say about that defensive effort? Well, I think the one thing that they've done over – excuse me, i got to get on the mic here. <laughs> uh, the one thing – I'm late, new to coach. this. Yes. Uh, yeah, but I'm new to this. But uh, the one thing about this uh, defense over the – last few three or four ball games is that they're getting around the ball more. They're flying around. They believe in what's going on. They've simplified, and that's when turnovers happen, and they're just getting the ball turned over, and that's huge. Uh, you know, it can it can kill you if the other team wins a turnover battle. And, well, give credit to the coaching staff. Why did Rayshon Jenkins make that play? Because that's the play that was called. How about that? By Mike Caldwell and that staff, and that was obviously – the right thing and the correct thing to do. Two more phone calls tonight, then we'll start wrapping it up. Again, it is 2.45 in the morning, and we still have people calling in to celebrate this AFC South Championship. Let's head to Orange Park. Let's get Samantha in here on 1010XL. Samantha, what's going on? Hey, guys. Um, Listen, I don't have a voice right now. Um, (laughs) This is not what I normally sound like. Um, I have been a... I'm a founding season ticket member. I 
have been going to games since I was nine years old. I just turned 36, okay? And tonight was absolutely the most remarkable game. Um, It was something that we haven't been able to see before. I mean, comparable to, like, the Thursday night game we played the Seahawks 2017, but it it, leaps and bounds was just such a great game. And, um, of course, I don't know if anybody saw my tweet, but I'm Sammy Football on Twitter, and um, I got a, a Titans fan who had a house, and a UPS worker delivered a package to him, and uh, he did a go jag uh, to the to the homeowner who was a Titans fan, and so I got to meet with them in the bud zone, and just all around the, the, the camaraderie around the team and all the Jags fans that were there, just such a great night. Yeah, I did, I did see that, Samantha. That was a hilarious video, yeah. by the way. Appreciate you calling. And, yeah, look, the fans brought it. There's no doubt. And, by the way, you know, it's, what, second and 12, or I guess third and 12 on that final drive and the false start. Austin Hooper, false start. Why did that happen? Because of the noise in that stadium. That place was loud tonight. There is no doubt about that. I usually don't hear much in the press box, but I heard every single thing tonight. They they brought it. There's no question. And, look, when the stadium was full back in the mid to late 90s, People would tell you, outdoor venues in the NFL, the way that stadium's built, Jacksonville was always on the list. Yeah, it was in the top four right, or five For being year. one of the loudest. Yeah, and absolutely. then, you know, the team's terrible. And when the team's terrible, not as many people go with right. understanding. But a night like tonight, yeah, the fans were an absolute factor. Final call of, well, this Sunday morning. It's where we're at right now. Let's go to Arlington. Let's get Chris in here to wrap up phone calls on the fifth quarter. Chris, go ahead. At Coach, love you guys. Duval. Oh, yeah, man. Appreciate you, Chris. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I just wanted to say real quick, man, um, I understand what Seattle means and a lot of these other stadiums when they say the 12th man. I mean, what a game. Like, I just feel like the crowd really affected the game. And, you know, there were people saying before the game, like, oh, the crowd won't affect, you know, that much. But I feel like it was a huge part of the game. Like, the defense, you know, they really fed off the crowd. So, shout out to everybody in Duval, man. Let's go get another one. Chris, thank you for the phone call. Coach, we got less than five minutes here. Just, you've been around the game forever. I mean, the, the turnaround, what Doug Peterson has done, Trevor Lawrence losing in a winner-go-home scenario with three minutes to go, and then a play like that on defense to win the game and finally dethrone your arch rival, a team that had beaten you so many times over the last 25 years. What a night in Jacksonville, Florida. No question about it. And the crowd was a factor, just like Chris said. You know, you had a, a false start, but you also, defense feeds off it more than the offense. You know, defense feeds off that energy. And you could tell in the second half, our guys were cranked up. The players were, you know, getting the crowd going. And, uh, you know, that that was big. Two and six, three and seven, four and eight. To do what these guys have done, I truly believe this is a special teams, a special team, and and a special teams can do special things. I wouldn't be a bit surprised if we don't take off this next weekend. As we wrap up, two minutes to go. What's the protocol? What what would you do tomorrow if you were the Jaguar coaching staff? Do you sit back? Do you watch the Chargers? They may know as early as 4 o'clock. If Baltimore loses, they'll know the Chargers are coming. But 
as a staff what goes on tomorrow? Well, the staff will be working, but I'd give them a victory money Monday. That was a big, big win. And, again, you want the routine to be very similar all the time. That's the thing that I think separates Doug Peterson from a lot of guys. He's, he's one of those guys that trust that – this team is trusting the process, and the process is, is to keep everything the same and, and routine, and I think that's what they'll do. He is the head coach, Dave Campo. Coach, I can't thank you enough. It's 2.48 in the morning. You brought it tonight. We'll talk Monday night on Hacker After Dark, my friend. Absolutely, and I wouldn't have missed this for the world, especially after a win, but I would have been here win or lose. You are the man. Head coach Dave Campo, Dylan Denmark, was your producer tonight. I'm the Hacker, Ryan Green. This has been the window world of Northeast Florida fifth quarter. As always, we're brought to you by Eastern Roofing Company and Dr. George Barry and Barry Orthopedics, and we will do this again. Next week, we don't know what day, but there will be a fifth quarter because the Jacksonville Jaguars are headed to the NFL postseason as the champions of the AFC South. I will talk to you at 8 o'clock Monday night on Hacker After Dark. Until then, good night and have a great Sunday, Jacksonville.